be seated. Uh, let's just take a moment and pray. Lord, it's so good to be in your presence. And Lord, often our struggle is help us be present. So Lord, would you uh, begin to work in our hearts. Let our ears be open to hear, our eyes to see, our hearts to receive the things you want to speak and do. Father, your word is living. And your word comes into our life and changes us. It transforms us. Lord, we ask that we would leave here different from the way we came in as a result of meeting with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we continue in week two of a five-week series of the five works of the Holy Spirit that began on Pentecost, where the promise was fulfilled that Jesus said an advocate would come, and he poured out his Spirit upon his disciples, upon his apostles, to do a greater work. There was a promise that you were going to go forth, and there's a greater work that was going to take place as a result of that outpouring, that it wasn't completed when he ascended to the Father. It's actually where our work just begins. And that work of the Holy Spirit in our life begins in that pouring out of who he said he would pour out, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. And the five works of the Holy Spirit that take place are essential in every Christian's life, and we have to know them. I'm going to give you a quick recap of all five so we get them in our hearts. First one we did last week, regeneration. Regeneration is this new life in Christ. This week we're going to talk about transformation. Transformation is the sanctification process. It's becoming Christ-like. We're transformed. We're changed. Third is clarification. That means that we now know the truth. It's a truth that sets us free, but we now have this clarity. We know that truth, and the, the Spirit comes and brings that truth into our life. Fourth is participation. That's the fun one. We get to move in the spiritual gifts that God's given us, that there's gifts in each of us that we're to use. And finally, there's justification. And justification is about fulfilling God's purpose for your life. These are the five works that take place. Last week we spoke about regeneration. Regeneration, simply this. God brings man to a new life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. He brings us to this new life. There's this miraculous new birth that takes place as a result of that encounter of who, who he is. Scripture says, when Jesus told Nicodemus, you are born again. You're this new life. You're this new creation. Matter of fact, he says you're given a new identity as a child of God. And that we're given this new life, that we become this new creation. And the work of the Spirit begins in every believer's life in that moment. There's a work that begins in that regeneration in our lives. And we cannot live out the Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. We can't live it out. You could try to live it out. That's like white-knuckling it. I don't recommend it. That we can't live out this life apart we can try to live it out apart. And as human beings, we continually work on our physical needs, don't we? We work on what we want to eat, what we want to drink, how much sleep we need. You're sitting here right now thinking, I can't wait till he's done because I'm looking forward to brunch. I'm hungry. Or maybe you're thinking, man, I could use that extra cup of coffee, something to drink. Or I'm a little tired and I'm looking forward to that afternoon Sunday nap. We're aware of our physical needs, aren't we? 
We're very aware as humans. We, we, we know the physical needs that we have and we pay attention to them. When regeneration occurs, a new life in Christ begins and the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And what happens is we become aware that we are a spiritual being, not just a human being. See, we're way too aware of our humanness. We've got to get more aware of our spiritualness. And that we're this spiritual being. And we cannot meet the needs of our spiritual being on our own. It's impossible. You can't do it on your own. We can't meet that need. But what we can do is allow the Holy Spirit to begin a new life of transformation. That's what begins to occur. The transformation, or, or we might know it as sanctification process, begins at that regeneration moment. That's the beginning where this begins, it happens, it starts to take place. And as that begins now, transformation happens. And transformation is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. That's trans it's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, conforming us, transforming us, changing us to be like Christ. That transformation means that it's not like it used to be, right? If, if someone loses a lot of weight, they're transformed. They're not the same as they were before as a result of that transformation. It's something took place that's, that's recognizable. There's something obvious that's happened. And transformation is the process in salvation by which God conforms the believer's life and character to the life and character of Jesus. In other words, you were a character before, but you're going to be a new character now. He, he knows your character. Some of us are bigger characters than other characters. But it's a renewal of our fallen nature. You can't renew your own fallenness. It's a renewal of our fallen nature by the Holy Spirit. And not only are we delivered from guilt and shame and sin, but we're being washed of its pollutions. We're being cleansed of its pollutions. That something more is happening in the transformation process. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, Paul says, We know that our old self was crucified. That's regeneration. It was crucified. That, that happened. That took place with him, so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Isn't that good news? That no longer do you have to be enslaved to that sin, that sin that separates you from God. Not that God didn't love you while you were sinning, that's absolutely true. But we've separated ourselves as a result of that sin from a relationship with God. Now we're being transformed and changed into Christ-likeness. It's, it's Christ's holiness coming alive in us. That's the sanctification process. That's the transformation process. It's His holiness. It's His righteousness that's becoming alive within us. That's the change. And sanctification comes from a, a Latin root word, which is a word that we say, sanctus. And sanctus just means holy. It means something that's set apart. But it actually means something that's holy or set apart for a special use, for a special purpose. Do you know that 
the Lord sees you as holy. You go, no, he don't see me as holy. No, he does. He wouldn't have died for you if he didn't. And that you're set apart and that there's this special purpose. How cool is that, that the Holy Spirit works in and through our lives in the sanctification process for a greater purpose, for something mightier, something greater that the Lord wants to do within our life. That's the process that takes place. And we're being made into these holy vessels of God for His special purpose. That's what we're being made into. That's what we're being changed into as a result of transformation taking place. And, it, and here's the thing. This process, transformation, is not instantaneous. It's progressive. We live in a time where we believe everything should be instantaneous. Everything. You know, we're down to, if something's 60 seconds, oh, that took so long. Why is that taking so long? Oh, I can't wait a minute. I don't have time for that. But we believe that where technology has evolved and we have an expectation that we want everything within our life instantaneously. But this is a different process. It's progressive. It's continual. It's this, it's this work that's happening and a process that's taking place as we're being transformed. Now, many of us might be familiar with flow from Progressive Insurance. Remember flow? And they have top three slogans that they would use that gets us kind of reminding who they are and what they're about. And some of their slogans are like, you could save hundreds on car insurance. Or one is, name your own price. One I like is, think easier, think progression, progressive. Think easier, she says, and think progressive. That's a good slogan. It's one that you could remember about thinking easier, thinking progressive. It's, it's over time. But I've got a better one, one that I think we have to remember, and it's this. Think transformation, think progressive. That's the change. Think transformation. This will be on all the news channels. We're going to be sending this out. I'm going to be competing with Flo and her slogans. But we have to let that, that, that take place, that we have to think transformation, and that's okay. It's a process by the Holy Spirit that's engaging our will and moving us and conforming us to be like Christ. It's a will change. You know, when a, when a child wills something to happen, you know, or, or resists the will the parent has for the child, and there's this surrendering in the transformation for his will, that I'm, I'm being changed as a result of who he is in my life. It's a transformation of how we think. It's a transformation of how we feel. It's a transformation of what we do. That's the process. And what should be happening as a result of regeneration and then moving in transformation in that sanctification process, we are supposed to stop being selfish. We're supposed to stop being self-centered. We're supposed to stop being worldly. Because the change is we go from dishonoring God to being like God. That we're going to be like Christ because we're being changed. And to be like Christ 
It would look loving and gracious. We'd be kind and generous. We'd be compassionate for one another. And that's the Spirit working in our lives. Matter of fact, the fruit of the Spirit is imparted in our lives. The question becomes, do I want the fruit or not? We can reject that fruit, but here's this fruit in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, 22 and 23, is a fruit that's given to us. It's a fruit of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, of faithfulness, of gentleness, of self-control. That's a change that takes place in transformation. And that fruit is given to us. But that fruit is useless if we don't receive it. But it's given to each of us. And then we begin to live a life of transformation with his fruit being imparted in us so that we could be loving, kind, gentle, forgiving, that those things are taking place. See, the Spirit, the Spirit of God will sanctify the saint. The Spirit of God will transform the saint. It's the Spirit of God alive and working in us. But it doesn't happen right away. It's a process. That's why think transformation, think progressive. We will still have struggles with temptations. We'll still have difficulties and, 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 and opposition and things that will take place, but we'll also have successes and we'll have failures. We'll always fall short when we choose to gratify the desire of the flesh rather than trusting in the promises of God. Always fall short. And for some reason, we want to gratify the flesh versus the transformation of trusting in the promises of God. And we have to trust in those promises, in the transformation process. See, the good news is the Holy Spirit comes into our life, and you know what the Holy Spirit does? It wrecks your sinful nature. Now say that's good news. That's good news. It wrecks it. It tears it up. It messes some things up. Something happened. Something changed. And we can't go on sinning like we did before with a clear conscience. You know, there was a time when you're like, yeah, I, there was no awareness. There was no understanding. And then something changed. And what changed it was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sin. It changes us. There's, now there's an awareness that's, that's different that was there, not there before. And how we can identify that is if you have a recovery background or you've been in any kind of recovery group, and you've had a season or a time in your life where you've had victory over something in your life. And then something happens in that process. Maybe you backslide and maybe you begin to pick up whatever that thing is. But that experience of having that victory in your life, when you pick it up, it wrecks it the next time. It doesn't get easier, it gets harder. An awareness happens. Spiritually, what happens is you now have a God consciousness. And guess what? It's not going to go away. <laughs> oh, you could try to make it go away. But it's an awareness. You know, if I was a thief before and I'm regenerated and I'm transformed, all of a sudden stealing seems wrong in a way it didn't seem wrong before. Or whatever that thing is that we do in our life, that spirit is made alive in us, the Holy Spirit, and we're aware. And there's a consciousness now. And what's the consciousness? It's because you're becoming like Christ. 
We're being changed. We're being transformed. We're now awake. We're aware of spiritual things, godly things, by the power of the Holy Spirit coming into our life. And it's, it's, it's being aware of those godly things, of, of the things that God is doing that helps us overcome the sinful things and begins to cause that change. Paul kind of gives this exhortation in Corinthians to the church and to keep moving forward. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he says, do you, do you not know that the race all run and run, but one receives the prize? So run in a way that you may obtain it. That, that our journey, our faith, our relationship with Christ, this process is a journey. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's something that happens over time. And what happens is we have to train the body to walk by the Spirit to participate in that transformation process. That we have to train our bodies to begin to walk by the Spirit. That we have a role to play. That we participate in that transformation process, allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to change us. And we have to run the race of life in a way that we may obtain it. That means you have to run after your spiritual life in a way that you can achieve the Christ-likeness that God has planned for you. And you have to go towards it, not run from it. Now remember, if you have a God consciousness, you're not going to be able to shake it. You can try to run, but you can't hide. Something's different. Something's changed. But we're going to continue to grow in that likeness. And the goal of a Christian's life, church, hear me on this, the goal of a Christian's life is not to become a better human being. It's not the goal. The goal in a Christian's life is to become a greater spiritual being through the transformation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Here, here's what happens, because you can't be a better human being without the Holy Spirit. It's not going to work. I've tried. Remember, I, I thought I was a good guy. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. And God's spirit became alive in me. And I could be a pretty okay guy. Something was different. I was becoming like Christ. I was being changed. I had a God consciousness. I was aware. Here's what I want you to hear, church. What happens is his power is made alive in us. And if you're struggling and if you're stuck and if you're uncertain and you have all those things, here's, hear what I'm telling you. His power is made alive in your life. Greater works. His power. Power that caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dead to be raised. The power that raised Jesus and gave us victory over death once and for all. That power is in us. Now the question becomes, how do I allow that power to work in my life? It's through that transformation process. That I'm not going to do things in my own strength. I'm going to do things in his power. And as a result of doing things in his power, I will become more like Christ for what he has planned for me in this life. Now Paul gives a blessing to the church, and I want to pray it as a blessing for you. And it's a blessing that we be reminded of this transformation, of this sanctification process of what God's doing, that we accept and welcome that change that God has in store, that we could choose to run for. But remember, it's progressive. 
Think transformation, think progressive, that it's, it's going to be over time, there's going to be opposition, it's going to be difficult, but you continue to press in and will continue to be changed, that even though we might desire it instantaneous, and I'll tell you what, some things are happening instantaneously, but most things are happening over time as we're being changed, as we're being conformed, as we're being molded, as we're being shaped into those holy vessels that he made us to be, that, that your story is still being written and God's not finished yet. And that we have to allow that in. We have to allow that process and, and, and fight the thoughts of rejecting, of pushing away, and embrace that power of his spirit in your life for the changes he has. This is the blessing. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to receive this, what Paul wrote to the church. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray as you transform us, as your power is made alive in us, that you would help us and use us to transform lives around us. And we ask this in your precious, precious name. Amen. Now listen, regeneration begins with a decision. What it's about is, is repentance. I'm going to turn from that old way that I'm going to build the spiritual being that he's called me to be and put that over my humanness so I can begin to walk in his divineness. But we have to make a decision in your heart. And I don't know where any heart is at, but what I know is he makes an invitation. And if you're here in person or you're watching online and you haven't asked him in your life that way, why don't you just... With me, church, close your eyes. Maybe you have a friend, a neighbor, a sibling, a parent, someone in your life. They need to know him in the way maybe you know him. Or right now, you need to know him in that way so that you can be changed. I just want to make an invitation. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and your life so you can begin these works of the Spirit for your life. If you don't know him in that way, you want to pray to know him in that way, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on a cross for my sin. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now the most important thing you can do when you pray that is that you have to let someone know because you're not called to walk this out in autonomy by yourself. You're called to walk it out in community. And if you're here in person, let us know on your way out. Let a host know, hey, I prayed that prayer. We're going to come alongside and help you. If you're online, you can let us know right now. We're going to get you some information and help you. Because here's what our commitment is. There's a pathway to discipleship. And we're committed to help you on that pathway of discipleship. And what you'll find is God's power, God's plan, and God's purpose for your life. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you. Just acknowledge one another with a sign of God's peace.